0: podcast one production. All right, Jacob, I just walked into the bottle shop feeling like Oprah because I got the fancy (laughs) bird in hand.
1: (laughs) It's a special occasion.
0: Here we go. I'm going to pop it. I'm going to pop it. Merry Christmas. Christmas. (laughs)
1: Yes,
0: With the fancy bird in hand.
1: Mm, Pour me a glaze.
0: You're either stuck with your family right now hiding out in the garage or driving to or from what was a very stressful lunch. (laughs) We're sitting here drinking this sparkling wine. Get a load of that. Hold on. Don't let your racist uncle stress you out. We're here to help. (laughs) Here is a Just The Gist... Jismas Special!
1: Hey. You know how I want to start this? I okay. don't know if you're going to know the words.
0: Take it away, my dulcet-turned Adonis. Okay.
1: I'm going to try this prompt and see okay. if it works. Okay.
0: Ding. Dong. Ding. Dong. Ding. Dong. Ding. Dong.
1: On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me the keys to a Lamborghini. I
0: don't remember no. the rest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Do you remember Britta's Christmas song? Uh,
0: all I remember is, "Um, God bless you, merry gentlemen, let, let nothing you dismay, may, 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 may. may, may, may. <laughs> yes, that bit, that's the bit I remember. <laughs> merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! So today, there's no breaking news, obviously, because we recorded this a month ago. <laughs> But oh, imagine if something like major has happened by now. <laughs> like, we have no idea what's like, I mean, Trump's still not conceding. He's
1: like, got a kooky coup happening over a, there.
0: Like, who knows? COVID's like still, well, South Australia just thought they had the super strain and they didn't and, mm. I mean, who knows? this This year, given that this year has felt like 10 years, It's almost like tempting fate recording this a month early.
1: Yeah, I feel like there's (laughs) got to be a crescendo that the whole year's been building towards. And when you're listening to this, that may well have Mm, happened. happened. So we can't wait to find out what it was. Mm.
0: Mm. All right. Well, I get to relax because I'm handling the New Year's special. So Jacob's handling the Christmas special. (laughs) So I'm just going to kick back with my fancy AF bird in hand, sparkling. Um, not sponsored, but I'd love to be. Someday. <laughs> Send me a Make box, our please. Christmas wishes come true, <laughs> but in hand. You know I love free stuff. <laughs> so yeah, take it away. Give us just the gist on <gasps>
1: This week I am giving you just the gist of Santa Claus. Yay!
0: So, I feel like
1: before I go any further, I really should just make sure that everyone knows we're going to be talking about some rather adult topics and themes, and we're going to be getting very, very real about the story of Santa, so this might not be one for the kiddies, depending on how old they are.
0: Well, we'll be talking about some adult things, like that Santa is definitely real, and that is not at all in question, and he visited me last night, and I got a present. (laughs) Okay, so okay. now switch off <laughs> and come back later when you're on your own. <laughs> seamless, <Well done>. seamless. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, okay, here we go.
1: All right, very good. Okay, so we'll call this one the Santastic Mr. Claus. <laughs> and
0: you made him sound gay already. <laughs>
1: He's so campy. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's super campy.
1: Especially in the early days when this tradition commenced, like the amount of jewellery that he was wearing oh. and the long flowing robes that he was wearing. I mean, everything about the Catholic Church yeah. that inspired the oh, original. Oh, everything's campy about the Catholic St. Church. Oh, big time. But before we commence, can you remember how old you were when you learned the truth about Santa?
0: I remember knowing probably when I was about, six or seven, but wanting to kind of keep the illusion alive, even to myself. Mm. Kind of like how we talked in that Blair Witch episode about when you really badly want to believe something Mm. somewhere deep down in yourself, you know it's not true. But Mm. also because my mum was so abusive and neglectful, one way that she uh, was very good at trying to show her love was presents. So Christmas was a big deal, like we got a lot of presents. So. Mm If I admitted Santa wasn't real, I wasn't getting cool shit. <laughs> you
1: were cutting off the supply.
0: Oh, I had a Christmas list up on the fridge for Santa until I was until I got permanently taken away from my mum when I was fourteen, um, and then I went to live with my uncle. And he was like, lol, Santa, no. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a tip for the kids. If you have terrible parents, take advantage at present giving occasions because that's how they try to make up for it. So in answer to your question, about six is when I knew, about 14 is when I officially stopped
1: uh-huh. getting
0: presents. Okay.
1: Um, how about I like the game that you played. Yeah. Uh, I- Fully believed until I was 10, probably actually, no, 11. Oh,
0: 11. Oh, you loser. I was in year five,
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I clung onto that and genuinely, truly believed that it was really, really, genuinely, real. truly, yes. Because or it wanting broke it. my heart when oh, no. our teacher in Year Five started talking about the fact that Santa Claus was made up. And well, because that's
0: about the age, no.
1: Of course, I can understand why she took for granted that everyone else in my class already knew and just oh. assumed that I also already knew. But I can remember going home and asking my mum with tears in my eyes, "Is it true?" And it broke her heart to have to admit <sighs> that, yeah. It's It's not actually really, really real. So um, I think that's kind of sweet, but also, yeah, very, very sad. I'm so surprised. I mean,
0: I just assumed you were born cynical. (laughs) (laughs) So that is the most wholesome piece of information I've ever learned about
1: you. Yeah, I never bought into the Easter Bunny or the Tooth Fairy. Well, what was the difference? I don't know. Something about Santa I just had to believe. I think it's because he is such a cultural icon. Sure. And there were so many movies made about, mm. you know, everyone who doubted that he was real by the end of the movie, they come to realise mm. that the magic of Christmas really is real and Santa is alive and well.
0: True. Mm. I will say... I did get a bit sus when there was like so many Santas at every shopping center during photo time. Mm. And my mum said to me, those are Santa's helpers. So that's not the real Santa at Macquarie center, Mm. but they help him. And I remember thinking, that sounds like, like, that doesn't (laughs) sound true, but being like totally Santa's helpers. Mm. Yeah, I get it. Give me the presents, please.
1: Yeah. So I believed up until that time. And then I loved Christmas. We were talking earlier this morning, actually, about the fact that you're still oh, a massive Christmas nerd, Love which Christmas. I'm amazed you were able to hang on to that after spending years working in retail because I was a Christmas <laughs> yeah. queen until the age of 19 when I started working in retail, yeah. and that just killed it for me.
0: Yeah, I yeah, same, because uh, working in retail around Christmas time is hell because you pretty much work until, like, 8 p.m. Christmas Eve, and then you're expected to be back, like, 7 a.m. Boxing Day to mm-hmm. just get hounded. But then also when I worked at the movies on George Street in Sydney, we had to work on Christmas Day because mm-hmm. they release, the city uh, movies get to release all the Boxing Day movies on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. So I used to work then too. But, like, I think it was just, it was the only time, it was sometimes the, on, the one time a year I got to see all my sisters. And, like, it was very much a... Um, Cultural kind of touchstone, like we're not religious, but mm. it was very much a kind of cultural touchstone for us. Like the one time where we all came together and we all did it together,
1: mm. Yeah. something so which in itself is such a lovely tradition. Yeah, I yeah. think
0: so. Mm. Yeah, it's lovely. And like since Rhiannon um, converted to Islam when she got married, um, and so her kids are um, Muslim. Mm. So they don't celebrate Christmas. They celebrate Eid, which is like their Christmas. Mm. But um, we do Gafunch Day on New Year's – I mean on Christmas Eve, which mm-hmm. is non-denominational gifts and lunch day. <laughs> um, so it's not Christmas, but it kind of – it's Gafunch Day.
1: So, I really like that. Yeah. I think that has a lot of potential to take off.
0: Mm, yes, Gefunch. gifts, non-denominational gifts and lunch. <laughs> and it's basically all the same kind of stuff, but – just with no Christmas decorations, just a lot of food and a lot of presents, which is what we did anyway.
1: My family basically does the same thing except replace the presents with booze. (laughs) (laughs) That's Mm. all we do. It's really just a matter of bring more expensive bottles of champagne than you would ordinarily buy. Given that people are going to be
0: listening to this on Christmas Day, I imagine there's so many people nodding right now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And on that, I need a refill already. (laughs) All right. Let's hear it. Santa.
1: Yes. Okay. So for a lot of people, they probably have the same sort of mindset that I had that, oh yeah, Santa Claus is uh, evolution of St. Nicholas, mm-hmm. jolly old St. Nicholas. And I th- kind of thought that the story began and ended there. Mm. Um, it wasn't until I started researching this that I realised there's so much more to it.
0: I'm going to cut you off to do something really important right now. What? Frame this bottle of bird in hand in the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag bird in
1: hand. Oh, I knew this episode was going to be loose, but family
0: celebrations. (laughs) Okay, you may continue. (laughs) Thank
1: you. (laughs) Uh, So, Saint Nicholas. It seems that he was actually a real man who lived in the real world. Well, was he a saint? Yes.
0: Ah. Yeah. What was his power? His special power, his special thing that
1: he did. I'll get into telling you the stories, oh, okay. but, um, I mean, he seems to be a bit of an evolution of some of the ancient gods. I just Greek ask because I'm like, gods. is it to
0: do with presents or something? Is that why they... He's we'll associated
1: get. with presence, we'll with kids, and also with the ocean. He can control the seas. Ah. Yeah. Mm, real mm. powerful. So there were contemporary records of him existing at the time, just like boring mm. records of meetings that he was at when he was part of the clergy. Um, so
0: a man... Part of the clergy, whose special thing is presents and kids.
1: <laughs> it's already problematic.
0: <laughs> oh. <Uh-oh. laughs> I mean, I don't mean to be rude, Catholic Church, but you got the best reputation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm just gonna leave that there. <laughs> He was born around 270 AD, so very, very early days of the Christian church and the place where he was born, it's now part of Turkey. Okay. And his parents were Greek and... He, no one actually wrote a biography of him until 500 years later. So mm. you can imagine how embellished the story sure. became over those 500 years, because once someone actually wrote his story down at that point, there was already a very well-established cult to St. Nicholas. There were mm-hmm. thousands of people across Europe who were already worshiping him because he had such a special set of powers, but it all just been passed down through oral tradition. And yeah. of course the stories get more and more and more fabulous over time. Um, there were more than a thousand saints at that point, mm. but he was one of, like, the top five most popular in terms oh. of saints that people would pray to because of the fact that he was super powerful and, of course, he was also super generous. Mm. And that was one of the things that people appreciated the most. Okay. So the legend of St. Nicholas mm. um, starts from the day that he was born. And his parents were very wealthy and they were very, very pious, but they'd had to pray and pray and pray to God to give them a child because they were having real difficulty conceiving. Yeah. God finally agreed because they had been pious and mm-hmm. um, diligent enough in their prayers, and they'd, he decided, I'll give you a child, but that child is going to live his life in servitude to me. So,
0: What a generous God he yes. is. Yeah.
1: Admirable in so many ways
0: Selfless
1: So Nicholas was born And he was very very holy From the moment that he was born They baptised him on the day that he was born And he just stood up Fully erect (laughs) In the little little bird bath A little baby Just stood up for three hours In tribute to the Holy Trinity
0: Okay, you know what I just imagined? <coughs> Remember that giant baby earlier this year that looked like a baby because it was, had a bald head, but it was actually like a three-year-old and it freaked everyone out because it looked like a freak baby that yep. could stand up? Mm. That's what I'm imagining. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
1: So this was one of the first sort of miraculous things that he did, not counted amongst his miracles, but this is one of the first signs that he was so divine and so special.
0: Like a giraffe. You know how they just fall out of the vag and get up? Up they jump. Yeah, yeah. there you go.
1: Yeah, oh, exactly. Okay. <laughs> giraffe boy. <laughs> 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 Standing in the little bird bath where yeah. they do the baptism. <laughs> um And from the day he was born as well, he refused to breastfeed on Wednesdays and Fridays because those were the fast days. And so he wanted to make sure that he'd live his entire life following the doctrine that you do not eat on Wednesdays or Fridays at all. The baby made that choice. The baby made that call. Ah, He ah. also decided he was only going to drink from his mother's right breast because one day he would stand on the right-hand side of God. And... (laughs) (laughs) This is how sort of fabulous the story was From the very Mm -hmm. beginning Mm -hmm. about him They named him Nicholas after his uncle Who was a bishop Mm. And when his parents died While he was still quite young He went to live with his uncle Which he was quite pleased about Because that meant that he could immediately start Studying and serving Mm. the church um, Without wasting any time Mm. From a very young age He was always very serious and very somber And he never once looked a woman in the face because that would have been too disrespectful to... (laughs) Jacob,
0: what if she had her period? (laughs) He'd probably get cursed and die.
1: (laughs) Imagine this is the last time you get to publish (laughs) that. You'll definitely work it into the New Year's special, I'm sure. Definitely,
0: I will, I will. Mm. Several times, I'm sure.
1: He inherited all of his parents' wealth, Though, and he started giving it away to all the Christians in need that he could identify mm-hmm. um, Because like I said, he was very, very generous The biggest story that's associated with him to demonstrate his generosity That has had a very big influence on Christmas tradition yeah. Was the story of the three sisters And there are a few different variations on this story But mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you the most common one that I read Okay So Nicholas had heard of a local man who had once upon a time been very wealthy, but he'd blown it all on bad investments and on gambling. Mm. And so, of course, his only option was to turn his house into a brothel and put (laughs) his three daughters to work as Mm. sex workers. Of course. No alternative available to him. And Nicholas wouldn't hear of this because these were good Christian virgins and they, of course, deserved the much more respectable fate as being sold off his property to a husband. Yes, obviously. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had to step in and help them. But of course, the worst thing that he could do would be to damage the father's pride by giving him the money directly. That would have harmed the father's ego. And so Men Nicholas. And their ego. Yeah. <laughs> He had to come up with an alternative, Mm -hmm. and so late one night, he snuck up to the window of their house, and he threw a bag of gold coins (laughs) through the window. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, the bag of coins landed in the eldest daughter's shoe Mm -hmm. that had been left out for the night, and the next day, the father, Pimp Daddy, woke up and went downstairs, and he found the gold and decided that it had to be a gift from God because, lo and behold, it was exactly the amount of money that he needed to buy his eldest daughter a husband. Men are using so Using that money stupid. as a dowry.
0: Men are so stupid. <laughs> okay, yeah, all right.
1: <laughs> uh, anyway, then the very next day, he used the money as a dowry and mm-hmm. set the girl up in a property exchange to become a wife. And... Mm. Um, Nicholas was very pleased by this because it was exactly the outcome that he was hoping he was going to get. And Mm -hmm. so he returned the following night and did the same thing once again. Another bag of gold thrown through the window, Mm -hmm. landed in the shoe of the second eldest daughter. Yeah, And so then Pimp Daddy was able to sell his second daughter off Mm -hmm. the next day. Then Nicholas decided, I'm two for two. I'm going to go for the trifecta and let's see if we can't get the third daughter. But... Pimp Daddy decided he was going to wait up all night to f- find out who it was that was acting on God's behalf and throwing these gold coins through oh, the window. I
0: thought he was going to wait up to, like, talk to God. Like, God <laughs> was just dropping it off.
1: <laughs> He'd figured that there yeah. was someone working on God's behalf.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, Nicholas didn't want to be caught because mm-hmm. he wanted God to get all the credit and mm-hmm. he didn't want any of the glory himself. And he also didn't want to damage the Father's pride. So this time... He threw the gold up and into the chimney. chimney. Down it came. And what did it land in? A stocking that had been hung (gasps) up by the chimney to dry. So
0: the tradition of Christmas gift giving from Santa Mm -hmm. started with, Pimping women out,
1: <laughs> preventing pimping of women.
0: But it's the same thing. You're you're pimping just because a marriage certificate is involved doesn't mean you're not selling them to a man. Yeah.
1: Either way, women are property here. Yes, yes. gotcha.
0: Excellent. Mm. Good. Okay. Yeah. Love history. <laughs>
1: It's so gross.
0: Love the, the equal gender dynamics of history, don't you?
1: This is just a commonly accepted story. Yes, okay. Across all of Europe mm-hmm. and areas in the Middle East for centuries, um, but it's just interesting to know that this is where we get chimneys as part of the story mm, yes. and stockings as part of the story and anonymous gift-giving as part of the story. Well, yeah,
0: I mean, now you get, like, a lush bath bomb and you have no <laughs> idea that it started when men were selling their daughters. <laughs>
1: uh, the thing that I find weirdest as well is that Nicholas didn't want anyone to know about this because he didn't want to well, take because, any of the glory.
0: Yeah, like, you You don't want to damage a man's pride. Mm. The most important thing is making those women sleep with men they don't want (laughs) as long as the father feels like he's maintained his dignity. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, correct. Yes. My question, though, is then how do we know about the story if Nicholas didn't then go and tell anybody, (laughs)
0: right? (laughs) Uh, Yes. He would have told everyone. (sighs) Yeah. What a douche. Yeah. Santa sucks already.
1: Yeah. Oh, the next thing that he then does is one of the things that you and I find most insufferable. Rich kid with a trust fund. What does he go and do? Decide to slum it with the poor for a couple of of years. Yeah. So he goes and lives with the poor people in a place called Mira where he can just live totally anonymously and just Mm -hmm. immerse himself with the poverty stricken people that are there. It's nice to
0: just dip your toe into poverty when you Mm. know you can just dip it Pull yourself out. Pull yourself out whenever you want. Yeah. It's nice. Fun. Oh, it's like. Exciting adventure (laughs) Being poor
1: Yeah (laughs) Like a safari Yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway He did so much Good holy stuff While he was there Slumming Mm. it as a, A fake poor That they ended up Making him bishop Of the place um, and then, of course, he goes on to become canonized as a saint. So he has to perform some actual miracles before that can happen. Yeah. Like I said, there are a couple of times that he demonstrated that he could control the sea and he could just calm storms by praying at them. Sure. So that was pretty impressive. Okay. Um, he also demonstrated a few times that he could bring people back from the dead. Mm-hmm. In particular, the most famous instance, and this is what gets him associated with children, makes him the patron saint of kiddies. Yeah. He once went to visit a town that was experiencing this really terrible famine because he wanted to help with feeding the poor and caring for the hungry. And he'd heard that three young boys had recently gone missing and that their parents were super distraught about it. And he was determined to help as soon as he'd had the opportunity to pray on the matter and seek some answers from God. So he headed back to his hotel. Mm. On the way, he stopped at a butcher so that he could buy some ham and immediately, when he walked in the door of the butcher, he had a vision from God that told him what had happened to the kids. The butcher had kidnapped and murdered no. the three little boys, no. and then he'd cut them up into little pieces and he'd pickled them and was going to sell them off as ham to people. Ugh!
0: Oh, no, is this why we eat ham at Christmas? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I made that association as well. I bet
0: it so is. Gross.
1: Ew. <gasps> oh. Anyway, the butcher was trying to sell the kids as ham to Nicholas. He got this vision and said, open up that barrel immediately. And the butcher opened it up. And when he did, inside were the chopped up bodies of these little boys oh. soaking in brine. And so Nicholas just walked up to it and he made the sign of the cross. And instantly the boys' bodies were restored and <laughs> they were brought back to life. <laughs> That's a picture,
0: like, like in Terminator <laughs> yes, 2. Exactly. The body just went <laughs> 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 it's all
1: back, together. And back together. Yes. Oh,
0: okay.
1: So one of the most famous images of St. Nicholas is he's standing there performing the sign of the cross. Mm. And in the barrel in front of him are these three naked little kitties <laughs> that have just been <laughs> reassembled. Where are Ha <laughs> <laughs> But how many people had come in to buy ham that day before St. Nicholas got there? Some of them had to be missing some bits.
0: Absolutely feel like that is why we eat ham on Christmas. It must be. It must have got convoluted down the line and that is now the thing that we do.
1: Oh, Think about that, everyone, while you're chewing on the pork crackling.
0: Ah, see, well, we don't have pork or ham or anything on Gefunch Day because in Islam you don't eat um, pig products. So Mm. I'm safe. (laughs) And <laughs> you're a vegan. You're an insufferable vegan. Yeah.
1: So neither of us are eating kitties this yeah, Christmas. We're not eating
0: kitty ham.
1: Mm. So from that point on, that's how he became the patron saint of children, as well as of giving and being generous to your neighbour. Mm-hmm. After he died in his 70s, he kept doing miracles because that's what saints have to do. Right. You have to still be able to um, perform incredible things even though you've departed from the planet. Yeah. Even today, you can go to visit his shrine in Italy and there's also another one in Turkey. And you can buy all sorts of merchandise while you're there. Oh, from really? The store, including, yes. And I can't verify how true this is or not. It seems that his bones do ooze a really, really strange liquid, and you can buy some of that liquid, which is oh, called mana. What
0: nonsense! It's probably just a, you know, a what do you call it when a, a concrete has a, a moisture problem? Yeah, something. You along know, those lines.
1: condensations <laughs> yeah. coming through it somehow. I bet
0: everybody who buys that ends up with asbestos. Like I bet, <laughs> <laughs> but it's dodgy as f. <laughs>
1: <laughs> e. coli at yeah, the very least. At the very Sambios. least. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, it's one of the holiest things that you can buy. Sure. The important thing to note is that the feast day of St. Nicholas was then observed every year on the 6th of December, and it was the biggest party on the calendar for Mm -hmm. the year. People love St. Nicholas so much, and that was the time of year when people would give gifts and have a really massive blowout feast, and the kids got to have a really good time as well because the kids would get to dress up as bishops, and that was... This huge celebration that kept going for quite a long time until the Protestant Reformation came along. Yes. And in the Protestant Reformation, um, Martin Luther had some big issues with the Catholic Church. Believe it or not, he thought it was a bit corrupt. (laughs) And so he felt that he needed to step in and make some positive changes, including we need to stop worshipping the saints because they're getting more attention than Jesus and God.
0: Is this where, and I'm sure you're going to tell us But is this where, like, um, the church kind of took weird Catholic beliefs that they didn't like and weird pagan beliefs that people were celebrating and kind of mushed them all together and were like, okay, here you go. We don't want you to do that, but here's a consolation prize. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, they'd pretty much, as they'd been going and colonising all sorts of different countries around the world, they had just been melding their local traditions with, Christian traditions, the mm. issue when we get into talking about the Reformation was just that they were worshipping saints on a lot of those holy days that the pagans worshipped as opposed to worshipping Jesus and God.
0: Ah, okay. Because yeah. it's just like all the people who believe in Jesus and God believe in it in slightly different ways and they're all like, you're doing it wrong, do it our way. Yeah. And then they kill each other. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah. Cool. Which is obviously... On board, up to speed. A logical way to approach religion. (laughs) Just before I get into some of the details about Reformation and the impact that that had, I just want to talk about the fact that the Dutch really, really loved St Nicholas. Mm. Of all the different countries around the world, it was the Dutch that wrapped their arms around him in the biggest way and they called him Sinterklaas. Yeah,
0: Sinterklaas, which I know from The Office, (laughs) (laughs) from Dwight Shrew.
1: You also know Belschnickel. Yeah, Belschnickel. Yes. Yeah. he was actually a real character. Yeah,
0: I thought hey. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Sinterklaas.
1: So so
0: when the Dutch were celebrating Sinterklaas, mm. was that because they were, they were Catholic? They were celebrating yep. St. Nicholas? Yeah. Oh, so that's St.
1: Nicolaas. Ah, Saint Yeah. Klaas. Okay, I got you, I got yeah. you, I got you. It, was like, it started off as St. Nicolaas mm-hmm. and then it just got truncated to Sinterklaas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Every year, the biggest festival, like I said, sixth of December, um, and that was when they started up the traditions in honor of the stories of Saint Nicholas, like leaving their shoes by the fireplace or out the front door, and they'd fill it up with hay and carrots for Saint Nick's horse mm-hmm. to eat. And then when they'd get up in the morning, there'd be gifts and chocolates and coins and gold. Their so shoes. they could
0: sell the women. Yes. <laughs> no.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: And ham made of children. <laughs> <laughs> this is horrific.
1: I'm already vegan, but I just need to be even more vegan. <laughs> I didn't have thought of that.
0: It's not going to stop me eating ham. Like, I don't eat it on Gefunch Day with my family because of their Islam, but I like bacon and ham and pork every other day of the year.
1: But good luck not thinking of small children next time you're having a. Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah, I'm having some weird. Maybe I like it more. <laughs> I'll
1: tell, you, I'll tell you how I go. <laughs> Can't wait to hear. This is where they start up the legend of St Nick flying through the sky, riding this okay. single white horse, going from house to house to visit each family. Now, this was sort of a link to the traditional pagan belief in the Germanic and Nordic traditions that Odin, once a year, would fly through the sky on a horse and he would give out blessings for the coming year to people who were worthy yeah, and he'd give out curses to the people who'd been wicked. yeah, And that sort of spanned across everyone, not just kids but also Mm. grown-ups, but with St Nicholas the attention really honed in on it was the kids that were either going to be punished or rewarded depending on how they'd behave throughout the year.
0: So it is just a whole bunch of different countries and religions, beliefs and rituals that kind of over the years have been meshed together. Yeah, I mean, who knows, maybe in a thousand years, internationally, Gefunch Day. Will be celebrated
1: i'd endorse that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i really would um okay then we've mentioned the reformation and mm-hmm. the fact that that had a big big what, shift what was the reformation is so, that
0: when the protestants were like we hate the catholics and want to change everything
1: yeah well the protestants didn't exist until oh. the reformation so in the 1500s that's when a guy called martin luther wrote this very long doctrine and
0: he's the one who was like henry make it the Church of England, no? Yes. Yeah,
1: Anglicanism came yeah. out of this yes, a few I years later. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But this was I when Protestantism things. came out of this. Yeah. Um
0: Which I'm not entirely against the concept of what Martin Luther did back then. He was a guy who was against um, everything that the Catholic Church stood for, but he wasn't against God. Mm. He just didn't like the way the Catholic Church went about things. And one of the things he didn't like, which I appreciate as well, is that the Catholic Church demanded that all Bibles, all sermons, everything be done in Latin. Mm. And he was like, why can't we make it like accessible, accessible. to everyone? Mm. Let's make it in English, which is exactly what just the gist is about, yeah. making things accessible to everyone. And that was one of his main things. And the Catholic Church was like, no, mm. sacrilege. And he was like, let's just make God a little bit easier to believe in. Yeah. And the Catholic Church was like, ew, no, mm. fancy man at the top only.
1: Yes, Um, Because obviously only the elite spoke Latin. Yeah, exactly. So that was then their exclusive gateway to God. So he was the first person to uh, translate the Bible from Latin to German. Yeah. And he also had a massive problem with something that was really gross, where you could buy permission to commit a sin by purchasing an indulgence <laughs> from Shut the church. Up. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, all of the deadly sins, you, there was a price tag attached to each of them that you would, uh, ahead of time, uh, buy forgiveness before you'd even done the sin that you were planning to do. Yeah. What? I know. It's <gasps> gross.
0: Even murder. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Oh, so it's just like being a billionaire today.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If you have the money, you can get away with anything. Anything. And he didn't support any of that. Oh, good on him. And, of course, he ended up being excommunicated and, you know, there's Mm. more than enough material there to do an episode of him one day on Just the Gist. But, yeah, because of him, then you've got Protestants and Baptists and Lutherans emerging.
0: And didn't Um, he also want to, like, he, like, set a lot of Catholics on fire and he was pretty murderous and awful. Was I don't know if that was, was
1: that... his responsibility, but, yeah, yeah, lots of wars broke out between Protestants and Catholics. Yeah, Ultimately, a lot of countries in Europe ended up turning Protestant, yeah. including the Netherlands, and uh-huh. so they were told you were not allowed to celebrate Sinterklaas day Sinter class. anymore. Yeah, um, you can't do the feast of Saint Nicholas anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, everyone just took it inside. Yes, <laughs> and hid it away from the authorities, and they kept all of the traditions alive from that point onwards. Even mm-hmm. though they'd tried really, really hard to stamp them out. Yeah, and all of the things that they did keep doing as well, they really toned down all the. Catholic symbolism mm. so that if they did get caught, then they wouldn't be quite as guilty.
0: Kind of makes it funner, TV
1: Yes.
0: I mean, can you tell I grew up Catholic and I have slight resentment? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're the only one,
0: the only one who's scarred
1: by a Catholic upbringing. <laughs> so the Dutch kept having their St. Nicholas Day feast, but just doing it in private rather than doing it out in the town centre communally. Yeah. All across the rest of the world, they had to figure out what their alternative was going to be because Mm -hmm. they still wanted to have a feast, something to look forward to, especially in the long, cold winter months. Christmas was not a big deal at that point at all. And Jesus' birth was not associated with the 25th of December at all. Because that that is nowhere in the scriptures.
0: It's the winter solstice, yes? Isn't that what that originally
1: was? So that was one big party in Mm. the calendar for a lot of cultures. But it was not a gift-giving celebration. And it definitely wasn't for the kids. Because over the course of a few nights, people would just get rip-roaring drunk. And essentially Ah. they were orgies um, that were there to Hmm. honor the god Saturn. It was called the Ah. Saturnalia. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um and because people would be getting very excited about the fact that the shortest day of the year was approaching, mm-hmm. the winter solstice, and then once that had passed, the days were going to get longer and you were on the home stretch to yeah. spring. That's what people were celebrating. And um Saturnalia, like I said, it worships Saturn, which is the Roman version of the Greek Titan Kronos, mm-hmm. who is the father of time. And yeah. you know, when you see when we see death these days and it's the guy in the Holding black robe the, with the scythe. Yeah. yeah. That was Kronos. Ah. Yeah. That's all borrowed imagery from there. I'm now getting into the point where I'm just telling you trivia. No, because but I think actually it's this is called cool
0: trivia, and it doesn't just I mean, doesn't it just make you realise that all religion is nonsense? Like mm. they oh, sorry, but <laughs> You're all just stealing each other's shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's all just stories.
1: I read something not that long ago, actually, where they said mythology is just a uh, religion that's not yours.
0: Yes, yeah. right? Mm. I see Fifi just made a note when I said all religion is nonsense. I think he's a bit worried. <laughs> we're going to get in trouble. But, like, look, oh, look, believe what you want to believe. But it, it seems to me that they're all just borrowing stuff from each other and, <sighs> you know. mm Anyway, okay. <laughs> this episode going. brought
1: to you by the Catholic Church.
0: <laughs> also, it's Christmas Day when people are listening to this. <laughs> oh,
1: dear. Anyway, so yeah, th- that was a very sort of debauched celebration. Yes. So there was kind of a concerted effort to make to be made to redirect the family-style festival of St. Nicholas Day mm-hmm. into Christmas Day. That was the big thing that they were trying to push, but... Someone had to bring the kids their presents, and yeah. it couldn't be St Nicholas anymore. So in a few cultures, they came up with a few different workarounds in England, they came up with Father Christmas
0: mm-hmm. who was just can I ask the word Christmas yes what, why why would they like change it from Sinterklaas day or to to from St Nicholas celebration to mm-hmm. Christmas
1: uh, they were considered separate celebrations, but effectively you had to build up Christmas. So Why that you lay down Christmas? Christmas Christ mass. Oh, Mass for Christ. Oh, I should know that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <gasps> yeah. Okay, I'm on board. I'm following
1: Because they' decided, okay, we'll just move the birth date of Jesus Christ, which is meant to be in September, we'll move it to when people Closer are already having the, the winter solstice yeah. celebration. We'll call it Christ Mass. Yeah. And that is when everyone is going to celebrate the birth of our Saviour.
0: Ah, see. Okay, I get it.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So Father Christmas, yeah. Christmas in England, he was sort of like uh, Pan and Dionysus from... Roman yeah. and Greek celebrations, mm-hmm. which was easy for people to sort of recognise, and he wore a flower crown made out of holly and oh, long flowing robes. So that's that why we have our green
0: wreaths now.
1: Yes, exactly. Oh, and that's,
0: his robes were green. Yes. Oh. Lined
1: with fur, and he was a real party boy <gasps> as well. And some of the early depictions of him that I really love is he's wearing the robe and nothing underneath it. Oh! So it's just bare-chested, and he's got this... <gasps> Beard going, and he's a bit of a dilf. He sounds
0: like super campy and hot.
1: Very, very, very. Um, And he brought gifts for the kids, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, he was still allowing parents to get real blackout drunk for a few days. Perfect. Love it. He set the tone really nice for where we are today. Mm Over the years, he started to sort of merge more and more into the sort of Santa Claus-type appearance. So he got fatter, he started wearing red outfits and started becoming more Is it more true jolly. that the
0: red thing is because of the Coca-Cola
1: company? No, we'll talk about that. Okay. That's an urban legend. Okay, yeah, okay. Definitely okay. not true. So that was England's approach to it on their little island. Mm-hmm. Um, on mainland uh, Europe, particularly in the Germanic countries, they came up with Chris And so that was... The belief that Jesus Christ himself, as a baby, came to visit each house on Christmas Eve And he would have helpers with him that would be the ones Ooh. that would carry the gifts In some traditions, he would also bring helpers that would whip or even kidnap the children who'd been, been naughty, naughty. Yes. Ah. Um, To help then separate baby Jesus from the Christkind In some traditions, they actually had a separate child that came along with Jesus or sometimes they'd just keep it really simple and they would just tell their kids that the Chriskind was Jesus coming to visit when he was like eight years old and he had enough upper body strength to be able to
0: <laughs> a, carry
1: the toys. A weird
0: freaking walking baby. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh,
1: which would be the second one that we've seen in yes. this weird story. So for a few centuries, kids were getting really excited that they were going to get presents from the Chriskind Chris on Christmas. Christmas, Christkind, and in some places they called it Christkindl, because that's a little diminution of um, kind. And, of course, then when this tradition moved over to the United States, Mm -hmm. people who only spoke English... Then sort of butchered it and turned it from Chriskin into Chris Chris Kringle. Chris Kringle, yes. And then over time, of course, that then merged into. Oh,
0: Dino liked that. Was that Dino or Fifi? One of the boys just went, Oh, Ah, learning. We are
1: (laughs) learning. (laughs) Learning. (laughs) Because <laughs> most people like me just thought Kris Kringle was another nickname yeah. for St Nicholas for some strange reason But it's like, from
0: Chris Kind to mm. Chris Kindle Yes To Kris Kringle That's right
1: And over the course of a few centuries it went from being the baby Jesus with some weird furry assistant following him around the <laughs> globe To just morphing and joining into the myth of the big fat old man wearing a red outfit mm. Anywho, we'll go back to Holland for a moment Yeah, um, because once they were allowed to start celebrating Sinterklaas out in the open once again when it was no longer outlawed in the 1800s, mm. the event had become a lot more secularised but it just boomed in popularity and they'd evolved the myth of St. Nicholas from that point significantly. Um, so as we find him in the 1800s, mm. he now lives specifically in San Sebastian, Spain
0: Oh, so not the North Pole, the opposite of that.
1: Correct. Ah. A much warmer (laughs) climate, which I can appreciate. (laughs) It kind of makes sense in a way because St. Nicholas was associated with most port cities around the Mediterranean because he could control the seas. So he was the patron saint that you would worship. And like I said earlier, that was kind of a continuation from the fact that they used to worship um, Neptune and prior to that Poseidon. Anyway, he would show up in Amsterdam every year on a steamboat specifically as a way of celebrating the fact that the Industrial Revolution had happened. Lovely. And all of that really just came from one literary source. So someone had written a poem, we don't know who, and it said in it, come to Amsterdam, St. Nicholas, then go to spain to get yourself some or- oranges and some pomegranates and that <laughs> somehow then translated into oh he must live in spain because he likes oranges mm. and pomegranates anyway
0: i also love that because of the industrial revolution they were like oh well he he goes around on a on a steamboat now mm-hmm. that's like us going he'll turn up in a tesla <laughs> Like he'll go, he'll come, he'll turn up in an electric car because that's what we're plugging this year. Like I love that they just change it when they feel like it.
1: He likes to keep up to date with the latest in technology (laughs) innovation. Now here's where we get to the really gross racist part. <coughs> mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So they figured that if he lived in Spain, that would then mean that of course his servants slash slaves would have to have dark skin. Mm-hmm. And so he had an assistant slash slave called Schwarze Pete, which is ah, Black yes. Peter. Black
0: Peter. Yes. I remember this from Dwight Shute on The Office. Mm-hmm. Yes, Black Peter.
1: So, Black Peter was Moorish, which was basically just a nonsense term used for anyone who was Muslim or Arab and had dark skin. And so, when Sinterklaas would turn up, originally he had just one Schwarze Pete, but over the years he ended up with dozens of Schwarze Pete. And these were literally, and this happens to this day on the 6th of December, they turn up Mm. in blackface. Wearing ridiculous aristocratic clothing in Amsterdam, yes, on a steamboat.
0: Yeah, they still do it, don't Mm -hmm. they? I remember a couple years ago on Twitter, someone posted a photo like, did you realise that in Amsterdam every year on Christmas Mm -hmm. people dress up in blackface? And there was like this outrage like, what? Mm. And everyone in Amsterdam was like, that was what we've always done. Yeah.
1: Oh, the no. Dutch defend this really, really strongly. Mm. And the <laughs> defence that they have is that Schwarze Piet is only dark-skinned because of the fact he's gone up and down so many chimneys over the centuries that oh, the soot so is sort. what's dyed his skin. Oh, yeah.
0: but what about his big red lips that I've seen <laughs> in so, and big white eyes that I've seen in so many cartoons?
1: It's so wrong. Oh, it's so, so, so wrong. 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 Yes. Yeah, it's gross. And I know we shouldn't judge other cultures, but it mm. really... Does not sit well With me at all Anyway Sinterklaas Still huge In Holland To this day Mm -hmm. Bigger than Christmas Day On the 6th of December Every year Now A lot of us Would know That the Dutch Were some of the first To help colonise The United States Mm -hmm. And for the, the 40 something years New York was called New Amsterdam yep. And there were hundreds of thousands of people who moved From Holland to the US at that point The US did then go on To become this massive melting pot That brought together people from so many different countries Especially the English The Germans, the Dutch And quite a few Swedish as mm-hmm. well And all of their different cultures started to merge uh, But
0: still just like There's a whole lot of white people
1: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> With their slaves.
0: With their uh, schwarze,
1: schwarze Piet.
0: Schwarze Piet.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just think
0: it's funny. It's like it's a melting pot of cultures. It's like when <laughs> someone so says, different. like I can't be racist because I have German, Dutch, English, and <laughs> Swedish ancestry. And it's like, mm, let's have a chat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm 6% Polish, yeah. <laughs> so I understand multiculturalism. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Uh anyway, Christmas wasn't really celebrated that much over in the New World mm-hmm. and some people celebrated Santa mm-hmm. um but the Puritans actually really didn't support any celebrations and the Puritans Because it lot was of pagan control. and
0: scary, right? It yeah. was like Any celebrations based on nature made them nervous, is that...
1: Any celebration, full stop. The Puritans (laughs) didn't want you to enjoy anything. Sex, alcohol... Explain a
0: Puritan to people.
1: Uh, Well, pure is sort of the best word to use to describe them. They wanted to keep themselves totally pure, never commit any sort of sin, and they sort of considered any sort of pleasure or self-indulgent as being sinful.
0: And this, the Puritan movement... Um, was huge in the early days of uh, America, of like what was then called, I guess. New England. Yeah, New England, the Americas, whatever they called it. Mm. Um, Puritanism was a huge thing and it was just, it's kind of what led to things like the Salem Witch Trials and all that. Mm -hmm. It was just people who were like, don't have any fun ever and any time you smile it makes God cry.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Deeply, deeply, deeply religious, mm. scared of everything. Yeah. Um, And wanted to be the ones in control of yeah. everything as well. So even though, I mean, the English took control of the area that was New Holland. Yeah. Uh, became New England, New Amsterdam, became New York when the yeah. English took over. And of course, the English Puritans just wanted to control the Dutch who were there and everyone else who was around. So there were almost no celebrations. But then in the early 1800s, there was this group of really snobby, white, elite writers Mm -hmm. who wanted to do their best to try to improve New York culture. Yeah, Because they, as wealthy landowners, did Mm -hmm. not like the fact that every year brought in more and more and more riffraff to the continent. And they were starting to see more and more and more debauchery, especially as more people were coming from Ireland mm. who were then coming along and they were celebrating the Christmas season in the traditional Father Christmasy sort of way and yeah. Saturnalia sort of way of let's get Blotto for a few days. Yes. <laughs> so they wanted to find a way that they could bring back some family values mm-hmm. to the celebration. So they started publishing these stories and poems about the good old days in New York and what it Used to be like around these parts in um, magazines and books that were called the Knickerbocker. Have you mm, heard of this mm-hmm. before? So a Knickerbocker was kind of a, a affectionate term for someone who lived on Manhattan Island.
0: Oh, so is that where the New York Nick- Knickerbockers comes yes. from? Yes, and ah, they, which they is play New York Knicks,
1: baseball, basketball. Ah, uh, basketball, basketball, basketball.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Phoebe doesn't golf. know golf, <laughs> um, basketball. The New York Knicks, New York that's Knicks.
1: Knickerbockers, yeah. Ah.
0: And that all stemmed
1: from, they came up with this idea of, And around,
0: re- sorry, what year is this again? 18- 18... This is
1: in the early 1800s. Okay, yep. Yeah. And in these poems, they would start to describe more and more of the traditions around Sinterklaas. And mm. they would also introduce and invent traditions that had never actually existed, but that they really liked the idea of people in New York celebrating. Okay. And so story after story and poem after poem, they were adding more and more and more detail about- Saint Nicholas. Yeah. Whose name eventually did evolve into a sort of anglicized version of Santa Claus. Mm, um,
0: Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Yes. There we go.
1: That's right. They just sort of went with the phonetics. Yeah. It must be confusing for people who speak Spanish because Santa is what you would say for a female saint. So, ah, so for it's them like it should Santa. be Santa Claus.
0: Yeah, right. Or
1: Santo Claus. Maybe they
0: do say Santo Claus. Maybe. Yeah. Actually,
1: no, they don't worship Santa Claus. Oh. I'm going to go down a little rabbit hole here and tell you. Do so it. in Spain. Yeah,
0: you know things.
1: In Spain, I don't think I would enjoy this celebration at all. Mm. They worship the three wise men. And mm. that, I kind of like the imagery there. The, the three wise men, one was from um, Asia, one was from Europe, and one was from Africa. Mm-hmm. And they united to join in this celebration. That's nice. Mm. I don't love that it was actually kind of a way of saying Christianity is going to dominate all three of the continents that we know oh, at right. the moment.
0: Oh, we're letting you in because we're gonna colonize That's you. Right. <laughs> yes, sure.
1: Okay. Yep. Um but their big celebration in Spain is a huge parade where the three wise men arrive by boat mm-hmm. and then they ride camels throughout the city. Mm-hmm. This is the bit that I find really gross. In order to bless your child for the year. You pass your child up to one, two or three. random man on a goat. A random man on a camel. Oh, sorry, camel. (laughs) And they kiss the child on the lips. I'm sure that's not going to happen in 2020 in the era of COVID-19. I'm
0: sure it still will.
1: it still was gross when you look at footage of it when it used to happen. While all that is going on, their little helpers who are wearing turbans, thankfully not blackface, but Mm, they're all wearing turbans and exotic outfits, they're using ladders to climb up into people's open windows. And when they go inside, they can either deliver a treat and give you a present mm-hmm. or they can do something to trick you, like drop an egg on right. the floor. Trick or treat. Exactly.
0: Ah. Yeah. So this happens to this day? Yeah. People climb up into your window? Yeah. Oh, wowzers. And you
1: leave the window open and it's a big sort of street festival in the big cities <laughs> throughout Spain. Okay, cool. Yeah. Fascinating. Hmm. Yeah, so they don't really pay attention to Santa Claus, so they probably don't really care about mm. their um, naming conventions for him.
0: I'm learning so <laughs> many interesting things.
1: <laughs> I was blown away with it, and I honestly, this was such superficial research. No, as well. but so it's so great. More.
0: Like, yeah, and I love that. Like, we're dropping this on Christmas Day, so depending on when you're listening, you can go and have lunch right now and just tell mm. your family some really cool shit.
1: Because mm. God knows, oh, sometimes you run out of conversation <laughs> you starters. Really do.
0: And you need to shut up Uncle Baz, who won't stop talking about, you know, how Lebanese people are going to blow up the Harbour Bridge and God. So you need some some different topics.
1: Uh, My prediction this year, there's going to be lots of discussion about the China problem.
0: Ah, the China problem. Oh, yes, Mm. the uh, Wuhan virus.
1: The Wuhan virus, but also the trade deals.
0: trade deals. The trade deals. Australia
1: was just being Australia. Yeah. And they're punishing us for that. Yeah,
0: it's not fair. Not fair at all. (sighs)
1: <sighs> so also I've
0: been I've been reading about this thing called Q. I want to talk to you about it. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> if the if the word Q, Q and on, Q anything comes up, just start dropping Santa Claus facts.
1: Yes. <laughs> shut it down as quickly as you can because no good can come of no that. No good. Oh. All right, so these Knickerbocker writers, Mm. particularly a guy called Washington Irving, they were writing these stories about St. Nicholas. He started off riding one horse. Then he was riding a goat because that tapped into some of the Swedish traditions. Um, And then he was riding... Wagon and then a sleigh that were led by one reindeer. And he started off wearing green, then he was wearing brown for a while, and then he was wearing red, and then he was wearing blue. So they tried out a few different things. So it was just a natural
0: progression of what people liked. It was yeah. market research.
1: Exactly. Yes. Let's find out what resonates the most. Yep. From the beginning, people loved the idea of him smoking a pipe, mm-hmm. they loved the idea of him having a long white beard. Mm-hmm. Um, And they quite liked the idea still that St. Nicholas would come around and he would deliver gifts to the good kids and punishments to the bad Mm. kids because they needed something to help keep their kids in line all year long. You always need
0: to tell your kids they're going to get X, Y, Z punishment for being naughty. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know there's a phone number you can call? And I'm sure so many people listening know this, but (laughs) because you have no interest in children, you don't know. Mm. There's a phone number you can call and um, it's like a, Bot, I guess and so it calls back mm. and then it calls back and you put your kid on the phone and he's like hello this is Santa Claus <laughs> and it's like this weird little recording where he, they talk to your kid and it's Santa and it tells you like have you been naughty and like and the, the kid's like <gasps> and then it's like press two if you've been good and then they press two and it's like I'm gonna give you a present say what you want into the phone now and then the kid says it and Santa's like, I will bring you that. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> Rhiannon used it on Alira so many times and Alira was just like, I talked to Santa. So it really does keep them in line.
1: <gasps> it was such powerful motivation. Mm, yes. Any time my parents threatened all the way up to the age of oh, yeah. 11. Santa that, won't come. Oh, yeah. And there was a, that was a fate worse than death. Mm. Mm.
0: Oh, I love that you believed it up to 11. Yeah. I was like, I know he'll come because you drink too much, so you're going to give me presents no matter what. (laughs) (laughs) You
1: had the system figured out. I was ahead
0: of the game. (laughs) Says the girl holding a glass of wine while we're recording.
1: (laughs) (laughs) History does Uh, like to repeat itself. How
0: dare you? (laughs) Please.
1: Hey, I'm not absolving myself.
0: Okay. Mm. Let's keep going.
1: All right. Major turning point. Uh, Twas the night before Christmas. Mm -hmm. So a poem was published and it was actually called A Visit from St. Nicholas. Mm -hmm. These days, of course, we know it as Twas the Night night Before before Christmas. Christmas. No one knew who had written it and no one came forward to say I wrote it for a decade.
0: It was Ghislaine Maxwell. (laughs) That's, what, that's every, every single thing that happens this year who we don't know who it was. It was Ghislaine.
1: Well, before Ghislaine could step forward <laughs> and say that it was her, a guy called Clement Clark Moore ended mm-hmm. up stepping forward and saying, it was me who wrote it. And there are some people who dispute it. But, of course, it did become very, very, very popular. And mm. many of us can probably still recite it just from memory.
0: It was the night before Christmas and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse.
1: The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas Nicholas soon would would be be there. there. Yeah, there we go. Everyone knows it. So that's where a lot of details were put in place for the very first time, and they just stuck from that point on. So whoever made up that poem,
0: kind of, because they made it up at a time where things were in print and things Mm -hmm. were able to be widely disseminated. Yeah. That kind of became canon. That's
1: right. Yeah.
0: Interesting. So he
1: was the first person to describe St. Nicholas as being fat and having a round belly that shook like a bowl full of jelly. Like a
0: bowl full of jelly.
1: First person to describe him as laughing maniacally and having twinkling eyes and having red cheeks and a red nose from Mm -hmm. centuries of alcohol abuse.
0: (laughs) Or flying through the snow.
1: That had already come. So the flying thing was there from the very beginning. No, but beginning. I'm saying
0: being cold would give you red cheeks and a red nose. Oh,
1: I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> yeah, that, that checks. Um,
0: wow, so this person just wrote the poem at the right time mm-hmm. that it became the thing that people Yeah. Turn um, to.
1: There were a couple of things that didn't stick from the poem. So oh. he's described as being a very small elf. Who's got a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer?
0: No, no, we don't like that.
1: No, no. Um, So people said "Mm, we'd actually prefer it if it was just a full-sized. And mysteriously, the next year, people dress up as him. (laughs) The poem
0: had changed. Mm -hmm. I love this. Mm. Yeah,
1: the poem didn't change at all. Oh, yeah, it still has in there eight tiny reindeer. Oh, yeah, it's just everyone sort of overlooks that part as well.
0: Okay. Yeah. I understand. Like watching the news. Yeah. If you don't like something, I get it. <laughs> like Trump in the election. Just no, I won. I won.
1: Lock it out. Yeah. Denial. He quickly became a full-size man mostly because he started appearing in illustrations, mm. and some of his first appearances were actually in political comics that were drawn by a guy called Thomas Nast who drew illustrations for Harper's Weekly. Mm. And the first time that he drew Santa Claus, it was it still is one of the sort of most widely cited um, depictions of Santa from history. Mm. And it was actually more war propaganda than anything else. It was 1863. Yeah. And this was published on the 4th of January. The Civil War was going on. Yeah. And so Santa Claus was shown giving out gifts to Union soldiers as a way of showing Santa is on the side of the Union fighting against the Federacy. And he was wearing a jacket that was covered So that means, st- like,
0: kind of Santa wasn't a racist. That's right. Or a little...
1: This one. Yeah, this version this one. of Santa. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Less racist, maybe.
0: Well, yes. I should explain. The Union was against slavery. Mm. The Federacy wanted to keep slavery, mm-hmm. which was one of the major issues of the Civil War. Mm-hmm. I know things. Miss Brady. <laughs> year 10 history. I remember. Okay.
1: Thanks, Miss Brady. So he was wearing a jacket that was blue with... White stars all over it And <gasps> pants that were Red and white striped
0: Oh was, so that's like American Yeah Oh okay He was
1: wearing the Union flag Yes And there's a big Celebration with all The soldiers going on And mm-hmm. Santa is actually Shown playing with a Puppet But the puppet is Actually him hanging The confederate President oh, with a Jesus. Noose
0: okay. Ooh, <laughs> like, okay
1: It's dark This is not Just a comic For the kids Just
0: deliver the Presents and leave <laughs> Don't kill people if you can
1: help it. So the Union were using Santa as a political yeah, tool propaganda. in their propaganda. so then of course the Confederacy started doing the same thing. Also
0: are their racist Santa posters?
1: They didn't use Santa instead they said the Union killed Santa oh, no! or kidnapped Santa <gasps> oh, <no! laughs> I just thought
0: they'd be like, here's Santa with his black slaves. No, mm -mm, they killed him. Yeah. Oh, yikes. They
1: said the Yankees killed Santa Claus and Christmas is (gasps) cancelled.
0: Sorry, kids. Mm. Oh, no. (laughs) Such a
1: grim part of their history. Um, Don't
0: you feel like it's possible Donald Trump will do that this year? Like, when he finally concedes, he'll get up and he'll do a speech and he'll go, I just want all the kids to know. That Santa wanted me to win so then he killed himself <laughs> and Christmas is done and then he just storms off stage.
1: <laughs> Kamala killed Christmas. Yeah, Kamala killed Christmas. <laughs> Kamala killed Christmas.
0: I mean, it's November, what, 25? So this could happen in the next month. Just saying.
1: <laughs> the world's oh. gone
0: topsy-turvy. Yep.
1: But, hey, he wouldn't be the first and probably won't be the last person to use Santa as a political tool, which Thomas Nast kept doing. He kept drawing Santa Claus and he was... For a few decades, the authority when it came to depicting Santa Claus he
0: kind of decided what he looked like, I yeah, guess. Yeah,
1: exactly. Originally, once he stopped dressing him in the Union flag, mm-hmm. he started dressing him in a brown and white outfit, which then eventually evolved into red when it was more affordable for them to use red ink. Yeah, to I was going to ask does it have to
0: do with printing that yeah. they waited and then as soon as they could afford it, they made it red?
1: Yeah. <sighs> So then from the 1890s onwards, mm-hmm. that's when we started to see Salvation Army Santas dressing up and um collecting change and donations on street a bill corners. On the street, yeah. Yep. That started in New York and then sort of spread across the rest of the United States. And at almost the exact same time, the commercial version of that started to appear, so department store and mall Santas mm-hmm. started to appear as a draw card to get families to come in. And shop in certain locations And their look Was always slightly different but they had the white Beard and they had the red suit With the fur trimming on it In the late 1800s is when Mrs Claus was invented (gasps) because people Started asking questions about a bit of a Backstory here, and
0: also because he seems super camp, so it's like quickly make him straight, <laughs>
1: yeah, get him a beard. No, <laughs> yes. not that beard. Yeah, <laughs> a woman beard.
0: <laughs> yes, um, yes. And they
1: probably didn't like the idea of a single man no, climbing into don't the like home. It. So a single
0: man whose life is devoted to small children. Yeah, that's a bit
1: mm, off. Tastes wrong. Yeah,
0: taste, yeah. taste, dodgy.
1: Mm. Okay. Yeah. So Mrs. Claus came along, and she started appearing in some fictional works.
0: And she's a very, a a very homely woman.
1: Mm. Yes.
0: It always seemed like Mrs. Claus was eighty years old.
1: She was like the. Pure definition of a late 1800s housewife and what she should be because she just stayed at home. Yeah. She took care of the domestic duties in the North Pole. She looked after the elves, which mm. were their sort of surrogate children in a way, mm. and Santa got all the glory. Yeah, She just got to kiss him on the cheek goodbye and then just stay home and hear how it went when he and got And she back.
0: looks like if she wasn't Mrs. Claus, like if she was a real human lady, her name would be like Mrs. Butterworth. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she just looks, you know, kind of dumpy and yeah. housewifey. And
1: Lovable, though. I like, love her the first idea name Mrs. would be Paul's Rosie.
0: Characters like that are always called fucking Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> Old jolly women are always called Rosie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's something for you to look forward to. Yay. Um, <clears throat> 1927. That yes. was the moment when Santa's look was standardised. It was always bl- red and white and there was no deviation from that. Why did There was did still they a decide? bit of creativity from there because he started appearing in advertising from oh, that point onwards. so it onwards. had
0: to be... This is what Santa looks like.
1: That's right. Gotcha. Yeah. So creative license that had been taken with the style of hat that he wore and the style of jacket that he wore, all of that was put aside. This is what Santa needs to look like because kids need to recognize him. There can't be these little differences that have kids questioning whether this is legitimate or not. He always has to be fat. He's got to have the big black belt. He's got to have the boots. Mm -hmm. He's got to have the sack, all of that sort of stuff. A lot of people do credit Coca-Cola with coming up with the traditional Santa look because he's wearing their corporate colors, their colors the red yeah. and the white. But, but this is not
0: true. This it's is the is
1: other way around. Explain. So because
0: everybody thinks this is true. Yes. Yeah.
1: Like I said, 1927 it was locked in place then. Santa didn't appear in a Coca-Cola ad until 1930.
0: 3 years later.
1: That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Coke and not stupid They realised This icon Is already wearing Our colours mm-hmm. We need to make him Our mascot Plus They also needed To find a way To sell more Coke In the winter season Because Obviously people are buying Cold fizzy drinks In, in the summer. summer But when it's freezing Cold outside You don't necessarily Want something that's Effervescent and refreshing You want something That's going to be Warming mm. So they decided That they were going To find a way To tie Coca-Cola To the holidays mm-hmm. And to To festivities in general the very first ad that appeared was a painting of a mall santa who was taking a break during his shift in the middle of a busy department store in mm-hmm. <laughs> of all places st louis, ah, yeah. louis! Yeah. Um, and it was a really successful campaign yeah. so they decided all right we're going to start featuring santa much more prominently but we don't want to have a painting of a man dressed up as Santa Mm. playing a part. We want the real Santa. Yeah. So they hired. Who
0: exists, Mm -hmm. kids. Geez, if your kids have been listening this whole time, then (laughs) too late.
1: (laughs) Good luck to you from this point onwards. (laughs) Uh... Um, They hired this guy called Haddon Sunbloom. To paint the real Santa mm. He used his friend as a model Because he was, he was fat and old mm-hmm. And so it's his friend Who's just a retired salesman Got to then become The most Santa iconic, calls.
0: famous face of all time
1: That's right Wow yeah. And the works of art that he did They're actual proper, intricate oil paintings That he spent hours and days working on Of his friend Yeah yeah!
0: Wow, that's
1: nuts. And they became really, really popular yeah. and they started using them in merchandise. So this is one of the first times that you've got a corporate brand yeah. that starts producing things like posters and calendars and yeah. toys for kids, um, which became a really important part of their business model going forward. People were obsessive about these images and paid really close attention and there was a big scandal one year because accidentally Sandblom had drawn Santa, painted Santa, and he didn't have a wedding ring on. And so everyone Ah. was writing into Coca-Cola saying, have they divorced? What's going on? They can't have split. Tell me it isn't so. Should Um, I let
0: him around my children? (laughs) Because being married is a surefire sign you're not abusive.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <gasps> oh, so they had to frantically send out these messages to the public saying, "No, everything's fine. Santa and Mrs. Claus still oh together. Just um, he took off his ring to do the washing up one day, as mm. if he'd ever do any domestic. Yeah, I know, it's not the washing <laughs> up
0: <laughs> to jerk off, maybe."
1: <laughs> uh, Um, And then in 1942, he got a little sidekick called Sprite Boy. And Mm. Sprite Boy was a little elf Mm. who would travel around with Santa and help him with distributing the gifts. And Sprite Boy had a very specific message to deliver, which was, when you order a Coke, make sure you're getting real Coca-Cola. In a restaurant Don't let them bring you Just a glass of Sparkling brown stuff Make sure it's Mm Coca-Cola And he stuck around For about 20 years
0: Did they call him Sprite Boy Because they were Already selling Sprite Or did they name Sprite after him
1: second one ah! yes so they sort of retired sprite boy and then they brought out sprite a couple of years after when they were hoping people had he's forgotten him he's gone that he'd and existed. now you're
0: drinking his liquefied body yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: ma'am <laughs> oh my god if you are someone who is drinking Sprite and eating ham on this holly jolly Christmas day please send us a message <laughs> and send us a photo of you doing so this is a
0: lucicept we've done all year yeah. <laughs> Funny,
1: okay. Um, maybe the Cats episode. Maybe the Cats this, episode but... was also... Mm. Yeah,
0: that was pretty... Oh, and also our awards acceptance speech. That was...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shush. Let's never speak of that again. Um, anyway, Sam Blom's, His images, they're so iconic and mm. so valuable. There are some in the Louvre in Paris. Yeah. They're... No,
0: I'm, I can picture it in my mind right now. The close-up of the face and the... Yeah, I know exactly the images you're talking about. Mm. Yeah.
1: So... Coca-Cola doesn't pretend that they created the look of Santa. Mm. They definitely, though, took it, ran with it, and really propagated it yeah. throughout the world. And Santa's image, of course, we know that it's been in lots of TV shows, lots of movies, etc. It's great for you to know, and you might like to Google this, and I'll probably post some images. Santa was used as a really important political propaganda tool, once again, in World War I and World War II. <gasps> Explain.
0: Yes. I need to hear this.
1: There were images of... Santa Claus wearing a G.I. Joe outfit. So picture that, like, helmet (laughs) carrying a rifle and the headline above it is Santa has gone to war (laughs) and Santa in another poster is flying along in the sky saying, Merry Christmas to all and to all a good fight. Oh, no. Because they really needed people to buy war bonds, which was a way yeah. of sort of giving to money the to the government so they could buy weapons, take them over to the soldiers. Yeah. So there were images of Santa with sacks full of guns and grenades <laughs> that he was taking over Santa. to the soldiers, he which you could fund.
0: Got so corrupted so easily,
1: mm. but it just goes to show he was that powerful a tool mm. that they would use him for something like that. He was like this really well respected and revered figure. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's also a really good way to sort of tap into the kiddies. So the kids are then telling the parents, "You should buy war bonds because yes. Santa says so." Uh-huh. Um, so, how effective that was, I do not know. But I'm it sure is it kind was. of a dark part yeah. of his history. And, of course, then while Santa was very much a United States invention, Mm -hmm. of course he has bled out throughout the world and the ways that he's been interpreted around the world I think are fantastic. Mm -hmm. One of my favourites is what they've done with him in Japan and the sort of cult that they've created around Santa Claus there. Explain. One of my favourite traditions that they have there is to treat the colonel from KFC as Santa Claus. (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: That's like an intersection of all my truest loves. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I love it.
1: Marketing genius because the corporate colours work and you've already got a chubby man with white hair and a beard. So every year in Japan they dress the Colonel up as Santa Claus. They have special holiday packaging and special holiday meal deals and the traditional Japanese Christmas dish for a lot of people is Kentucky (gasps) Fried Chicken.
0: I want to go to there.
1: (laughs) You have to look it up. The images are phenomenal. It's so great. It is so, so great.
0: I want to go to there.
1: (laughs) (gasps) Oh, my God. That's
0: amazing.
1: While there are still other countries that just go, that is the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard, and I do not want a part of it. The Dutch, by the way, still... Um, celebrate Sinterklaas. Sinterklaas?
0: Santa yes. Sinterklaas. On the 6th or on, on the, the 25th? 6th. Okay, yeah, on the that's 6th. That's a much bigger yeah.
1: day there. So a lot of countries have held on to their traditional mm. beliefs, but a lot of countries have picked up Santa and run As with As a him.
0: commercial
1: enterprise, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's
0: right. I mean, I know when my sisters and I uh, were adults and we finally were the ones running Christmas, we sort of came up with this tradition where we would wake up We'd go to McDonald's drive through to get breakfast and we'd come back. Mm. We'd all open presents in our pyjamas. Um, we'd make a roast because that's what we were raised doing. So usually Rhiannon would do it because, mm. please me. and um, And then we'd eat a lot and then fall asleep by 2 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much what we did. And then, you know. Rhiannon married into a Muslim family, so then we were just like, "Well, we'll do it the day before, and we'll call it Gafunch and do all the same things." Okay.
1: And you know what? I actually think that is the true original meaning of Christmas.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> eat a lot to the point where you pass out. Yes. Was basically just how hang this out was with celebrated. your family
0: and eat food.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: That's it, man.
1: Just before we wrap up, I want to tell you. I think you would remember this story, but I'll tell the gistners, the time I almost killed a Santa. This was when I was the visual merchandise manager at Maya. You
0: have not told me this. I'm
1: sure I have. This used to haunt me. I felt so guilty about it. Now what? I just think it's hilarious.
0: You haven't, well, you weren't, What well, you haven't worked at Maya for over a decade. So when was
1: yeah. this? Oh, this would have been 2006 or 7. Oh my God, please yeah. tell
0: me what happened.
1: So I was in charge of helping to organise the Santa Claus parade, which started off Ooh. down at Terrigal Beach mm-hmm. with One Santa. And then he had to make his way all the way up to Erin Affair, which is a fair distance. Mm, And, of course, it's in the height of summer by the beach. Get up to the Erin Affair shopping center. Do a big walking tour around there.
0: Yeah.
1: Hand over to the next Santa, who would then complete the journey, Mm -hmm. wearing... All the padding and the heavy suit. Oh yeah, walking around, greeting a lot of people for a number of hours. So Mm. of course, it was split up into two shifts, and there was meant to be a switcheroo that would happen, which the kids wouldn't notice. But uh, I wasn't paying attention to the emails well enough to tell Santa Number Two the right time for him to turn up, (sighs) and so he wasn't there in costume. When Santa One came backstage And to so hand Santa over. One had so to take one for the team. He had to keep going. <gasps> and his temperature was enormous by the end and he was... Did
0: you give Santa One heat stroke? He
1: was so close. <gasps> he was not well at Jake all. Jacob
0: Williams Stanley! You almost killed Santa! <sighs> and I
1: felt so, so, so bad about it. You can imagine how much I was cringing. <sighs> um, in my defence they had changed the times and hadn't made that clear enough in mm. an email that they had sent through i was also 20 years old and yes. given far too much yeah, responsibility yeah i was going to say in to your defense that is age. that
0: it's a major corporation and you were a kid and it should not be your responsibility anyway yes. yeah
1: and good on Santa, one, for just taking it for the team and just smiling his way through something, even no. though he was actually dying inside and um,
0: he <laughs> had probably to get
1: urgent medical attention when he finally came off his throne.
0: He probably literally lost 10 kilos just in sweat <laughs> by the end of the day. Can you imagine being in that suit and walking and walking and walking? And Oh, my goodness.
1: I hope he's okay. I hope he's still with us.
0: So that's it then. Santa started where it started and it ended with you nearly killing him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to find a way to sort of work in some of the anti Santas.
0: Oh, tell me, it please. It doesn't really
1: fit organically with the nah, flow, just but chuck like we mentioned, Belschnickel.
0: Belschnickel? So,
1: Belschnickel emerged in Germany and Belschnickel comes from like Fur Nicholas. Pels is German for Fur. Mm-hmm. Nickel was a truncated name for Nicholas, Mm -hmm. Um, and he would go around wearing a long fur coat tied up with rope and the big furry hat. Dwight Schrute very, very closely recreated this based on tradition, and he had this really super creepily long tongue that he would use to help him investigate who'd been impish and who'd been admirable.
0: Have you been impish? Have you been admirable? (laughs) I declare you're Impish <laughs>
1: And if they were impish What would he do?
0: He would give them a Splap With the thingy He
1: would whip whip them yeah. With his with the, switch
0: With the switch Yes yeah. um, Which is like a stick Yes Yeah
1: um, in some traditions, he has a full, long, proper crack Oh, no. Whip. Um, and in some traditions as well, he would carry around a basket and he would kidnap you if you'd been <laughs> particularly bad. And
0: do what with you? Just drop you off at the Catholic Church.
1: You'd never be seen again. <laughs> <laughs> Take you down to the butcher, cut you up and turn you into ham. Um, actually, just going back to the... Schwarze Pete tradition, Mm. so that was one of the threats that they used for the kids as well. If you were bad, Schwarze Pete would take you back to San Sebastian on their steamboat and Mm. you'd have to be a slave in Spain for a year if you weren't good. Well, isn't it? I mean, he's a saint.
0: Mm. That's just, okay, there you go. Sure.
1: Leaving that there as well. And also in... Austrian tradition, they had Krampus, and they still practice this they tradition still have today. Krampus. Yeah, I remember yeah. doing a
0: uni assignment on Krampus.
1: Mm. Do you want to tell us? No, you go. So people still dress up in, like, Chewbacca suits yeah. covered in long fur with yeah, these yeah, massive, yeah. long, terrifying horns. Um, he and- kind
0: of looks like um, when you see, like, cartoons of the devil. Yes, exactly. With the horns and he looks kind of beastish, but human beastish. Yeah.
1: Looks like a demon. Yeah. And if St. Nicholas was the good cop, Krampus was the bad cop. Yeah. But their holidays are on separate days. And the Krampus Festival, they'd go around and they actually play act out kidnapping children and <laughs> pretending to beat children up on the streets <laughs> as part of this festival. And it's just all good fun. It's all for good. For the parents fun. and for the kids to just stand around and watch kids be tortured. But again, it was another way of just keeping kids in, in line, line throughout the year. Which Um, is
0: funny because the one they should be wary of is the elderly man involved with Catholicism, but (laughs) instead.
1: (laughs) That is so true. They're just trying to deflect, (laughs) deflect, deflect. Yeah. The devil's over here, not this guy Mm -hmm. in the shiny robes. Yes.
0: Mm. Mm. Yes,
1: so there we go. Um, Lots to unpack there about Santa.
0: Was so great. (laughs) I just feel like I learned 10,000 cool things. That was Really good.
1: <sighs> Christmas conversations sorted.
0: Yeah. Shut up, Uncle Baz, <laughs> about <laughs> Muslims and Chinese people and QAnon. Here's some cool facts about Claus. Yes.
1: So whether you enjoy celebrating Christmas or not, we hope that you enjoyed this episode of Just the Gist.
0: Bit loose. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but we'll be back. <gasps> Next week with um, basically this, but um, I will be doing the best of 2020. Can't wait. 2020 from start to finish. A recap, if you will, mm. back to my roots, <laughs> because I'm not sure if people remember, but literally it was this year that monkeys escaped a medical facility and were on the loose in Sydney. <laughs> and we thought that was going to be the most exciting thing of this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite how it turned out, so <laughs> we'll be giving you a recap of that <sighs> on New Year's Day. Oh. But um, this was a just the gist
1: on Christmas. Santa Christmas time. I got a Christmas time for me. Da, 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 da. I got a Christmas time for, for a me. tree.
0: Um. Happy Christmas! Me so Christmas,
1: me so Merry!
0: <laughs> yeah, we're quoting Community Now, it's a great show, please watch it. Happy Christmas!
1: Happy Christmas, love you, bye.